Welcome to the 34th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and man who may or may not have tooted mid-episode last week, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, I did not toot last episode, and I stand by that statement. However, it goes quite well. How are you, man? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. You know, same, same old, same old. Not, uh, not a lot happening. Staying home mostly. I see. That's understandable. I've been going more often on walks with uh, Ellie around town. And Ooh, by around town, I mean... Uh, that's your cat. No, my daughter. Um, <laughs> yeah, just going on walks with my, my daughter, Ellie. Oh, your human uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's a dog, you little bozo. Anyway, okay. yeah, I've been going on walks around her. I got her uh, harness. I bought it off Amazon. That thing's a game changer, man. Harnesses are the way to go. I'm never not going to have a harness for my animal. I see. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Do you, I know you have a dog. Do you have a harness for your dog? I do not. I do not have a harness. For lovely Reddington? I don't. I don't. He just... Uh, I, I maybe should get one because he really pulls. He really pulls the leash. And uh, not that it really matters. I don't think it one way or the other he's going to do the same thing. Yeah. But, he's a uh, big dog. He's large. Yeah. He's a big guy. He is indeed. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. What did you, uh, you do for Valentine's Day? Anything fun? Uh, nothing really. I worked, but my lover made me a nice dinner. It was delicious. A nice, uh, chicken Parmesan on some nice penne pasta. I love me some penne, the nice tomato sauce, uh, shrimp and scallops. Sorry. uh, Not shrimp and scallops, scallops and bacon. My apologies. Uh, she made me chocolate dipped strawberries, which I love. Honestly, chocolate dipped strawberries might be one of my favorite desserts. It's pretty great. Simple, dude. It's fantastic, and it's and it's simple. Yeah, like it is simple. It's so easy. All you gotta do is you melt some fucking chocolate, and then you dip your lovely strawberry, your lovely, rich, ripe strawberry into this, into this tempered chocolate that you've melted. Tempered. Tempered. That's a- it's flowery language to yeah. say you heated it up, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, you know, gotta it's melted. When you, the, the 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 what what you've tempered the, the tempered chocolate, and you dip this lo- like this, yeah, this, this strawberry into it. Mm. You let it, uh, you know, get hardened, nice and cold from the fridge. My goodness, God, I love it. I love it. I could eat chocolate covered strawberries every day. Strawberries are the best berry. I would agree. I don't yeah. think I. Uh... I don't think I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I think that's a, that's a, I can't think of a better berry myself. Yeah, me neither. It's the best berry. No berries better. Yeah. Yeah. We have a mutual friend that thinks raspberries are the best berries. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, imagine being out of your goddamn fucking mind like that. Yeah, that's unquestionably not better. I, I don't know. I, I feel, I don't know. I mean, write into us if, uh, if you got comments. About this, uh, about this, this feud. Uh, What's or, your favorite or... berry? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let us know. What is it? It's very aggressive. Tell me. She's talking about berries here, Adrian. It's not that serious. Boy, oh boy. I like raspberries, though. I'm not saying raspberries are bad. They're good berries. Neither am I. Just, uh, 
strawberries so, are better. Yeah. Yeah, without a without a doubt. Without I a mean doubt. to each their own, to each their own, you know, whatever no. floats your boat. No. Okay. No. If if you if you think raspberries are better than the strawberry, the delectable, delicious strawberry, you're out of your goddamn mind. I think that's a little extreme, but no, I would like to hear hear from others. It's not extreme. <laughs> okay. It's not. Okay? How can you think that? What is wrong with you? Sitting at home right now or in your car or wherever you're listening to this, what is wrong with you? Think about that. Sit down, turn this podcast off for about five minutes, walk to your bathroom, walk to a mirror, stare in it, and ask yourself that question. What is wrong with me? Why do I believe raspberries are better than strawberries? And if you don't come out of that thinking the opposite, then I no one can help you. No one. No one can. Are you just talking about the mutual friend that likes raspberries better than strawberries? Because I've never heard that from anyone else. So I don't know who you're talking to, but there's probably no one else listening to this podcast that likes raspberries better than strawberries. I mean, it's possible. I hope I hope not. I hope not. Our mutual friend is out of his goddamn mind. He's out of his Even goddamn. he doesn't listen to the podcast. So we may have nobody who well, thinks this. Well, I hope I hope we we don't we don't have anybody that thinks of that. Anyways, now that we've all agreed, everyone, including you, listener, have agreed uh, that strawberries are the best berry. I guess we can move on to uh, move on to other things. On the, uh, like, oh, actually, no. You know what? I'm being rude. What did you do for Valentine's Day? Oh, uh, yeah. Glad you asked. Actually, because I had <laughs> I had an answer prepared for, specifically for this. Um, on Valentine's Day, surprisingly, I watched uh, the documentary series on Netflix called "The Devil Next Door." Oh, yes. Never heard of it. It's, it's uh, basically, it's, is it true crime? I'm not sure. It's a little bit historical as a documentary. It's um, it's actually about the Holocaust, surprisingly, and it's a series. It's very Valentine's Day-esque. Jesus. That's for sure. I know. I didn't know what it was about initially. Uh, my girlfriend chose it, and she's like, let's let's watch another true crime show. And then she chose this, and I don't think she knew it was about the Holocaust either. That's arguably the truest crime of all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I guess can, I no I yeah I don't know what what is it what does it mean to be why do they add true in the front of crime for I I, I don't really quite understand maybe I don't really get the genre true crime maybe it is true crime <laughs> actually you're, well, you're right think, it is yeah like I think it's I think it's that's much more catchy than nonfiction criminal activity I think though it's referring to I think when they say true crime they're referring to like murder it's a, it's a murder mystery, like a very murder mystery esque, but also real. Not just like it's not knives out. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's a real life situation. Mm-hmm. But yes, anyways, it was very good. It's also very depressing, and uh, it's it's interesting. It it dives into like you know Holocaust deniers, which is unbelievable, an unbelievable concept to me. I can't even believe that anyone could possibly believe that the Holocaust was fake. But anyway, that's that's crazy. But it's um, both basically they're, they. they they find this guy who is potentially a, a Nazi soldier who worked in one of the, the like the at the gas chambers, and they they believe he is living in America and he's hiding out, and he's got a whole family and everything like that, and he's been living there for like thirty years, and so they they put him on trial, and you kind of ask to believe, just like in I guess other true crime documentaries, did he do it or is he actually, is it a case of mistaken identity, and mm-hmm. I guess you're interested in that kind of thing you should check it out it's 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 very good but uh i don't know uh, i wouldn't recommend it for for valentine's day let's just say that i'm specifically gonna wait until next valentine's day to watch it (laughs) yeah seems seems right up my alley speaking of true crime uh uh, not not to dive too 
too deep into this, but uh, have you seen the show Night Stalker on Netflix? Yes, actually. That I didn't write that in here, but we finished Night Stalker a few weeks back. Oh, it, cool. uh, I didn't want to just keep going off about true crime documentaries because we've watched a few of them, especially over this uh, lockdown period. But uh, Night Stalker is really good. Did you did you see it as well? I just yeah, I watched the first episode last night. It's interesting. I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. Episode one of four. Going to keep watching. Yeah, I like the I like the detectives. I like their style. That's that's the cool thing. But it's definitely dark. This is a very dark series too. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It's about like a person that's possibly molesting children raping and killing women and killing men for no apparent reason it's yeah uh, yeah the mo is unclear it's it's Mm -hmm. scary like somebody who would go off on a spree like this and not seem to have any specific at least in the start of this series you don't see any specific pattern it's a scary thing i think it takes place in the 80s if i recall correctly now Yeah, yeah something like that um pretty wild I'm, I'm excited to keep watching it uh funnily enough like i, I was watching this with my lover because she like she was in the mood she's been watching a lot of like true crime storytellers on youtube oh um that literally they just like sit there and they just tell them stories there's uh one that we actually watched like back well she would watch it and i would just play on my phone but it, it was pretty interesting it's uh it's this woman that would eat like really spicy food um huh. like and just and, and just tell these like scary stories like these true crime stories mysteries and everything like that while she's eating it to like her i think her boyfriend was like the cameraman so she's like just telling the story while she's eating this food it's a really weird part of the internet i was just like this is, this is such an odd thing but it she's she was a very good storyteller her name escapes me though i forget one, one second here let me find it uh so yeah the, the the girl that uh ate like the spicy food while telling uh, horror stories on YouTube. Her name's Stephanie Sue. Hmm, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good storyteller. And then um, after we watched the first episode of night stalker, she was like telling me about this other girl that she's been watching recently. Uh, this woman's name is Bailey Sarian, I believe. Uh, and she literally is another true crime storyteller. And while she's telling the crime, she's doing her makeup and it's just getting like more and more extra- extravagant, a uh, really good storyteller again. <laughs> I literally was just sitting there and uh, really good at her makeup too. <laughs> um, funnily enough. What a strange concept. Like what, 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 like what? I know. I, I know. Like YouTube's weird. They have like, the, like there are people that make things for a very niche audience, but funnily enough, this uh, Bailey Sarian girl has like a couple million subscribers. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain about that. So I guess it's not all that niche. Uh, 4 million subscribers she has. So, wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But yeah, good. I mean, quality video. Um, interesting stuff. But yeah, um, so I think I'm going to start going down this uh, true crime rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Like I, I just before we started uh, recording this podcast, we just finished another series as well. That, that's that's why like I, I didn't really want to go deep into this because like, <laughs> I could go off on this for a little while. So this uh, particular series or it's not a, this time it wasn't a series actually just to be clear I, I don't know if it was that clear before but the devil next door and and night stalker both are docu series this is a docu- documentary movie on netflix it's called american murder the family next door whoa this is uh i'm only really picking the really well-regarded ones there's another one on netflix that seemed to be blowing up at least in canada it's something about a the cecil hotel or something i don't know if you noticed that on netflix uh, I did not know. Yeah, so that that was the other one that 
my girlfriend wanted to watch, but we were not, we weren't going to watch that that one at least. But the American Murder of the Family Next Door came out in 2020, and it's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's a pretty gruesome tale as well, man. It's more a small town as opposed to like as grand as Night Stalker or The Devil Next Door. Uh, but yeah, it's about a family. The basically the husband comes home and finds his daughters and his wife missing and it's like a who who done it but it's kind of crazy because all the footage was taken unlike night stalker where they're actually like they got some really eerie shots and they do some really really creepy cinematography it's clearly modern day cinematography though like they're making these shots to like set the mood there isn't any of that in american murder it's all shots of like police cams, like body cams, or of the interview room for interviewing suspects, um, or even like uh, some of the characters are vloggers, so they show a lot of vlogging videos. Yes, it's uh, this one was really good too. What's that, uh, that, that? This last one called that you just mentioned? American Murder: colon, The Family Next Door. American Murder: The Family Next Door. American Murder: The Family Next Door. It was good. It was really good, but uh, it was it made you think. It made you think. It's like wow, what a story. Cool. I may watch it. Cool. What else have you been watching this week, Adrian? Uh, well, um, I guess since we were talking about Valentine's Day and stuff as well, I watched the movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, actually, Your Name. Yeah, I think you mentioned that you would watch that last week. Yes. You talked about watching uh, it. Yeah, so it's, yeah it's, it's so good. It's directed by Makoto Shinkai. Um, who actually came out with a movie um, early 2020 called Weathering With You, at least the English dub for it, early 2020. Um, both those movies are fantastic. He's had like short movies prior to that, but Your Name is such an incredibly special movie. Anime, to be clear. Yeah, it is an anime. Not live action. I don't think you said that to start. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Admit. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, it, it is an anime movie. But again, it really bothers me that anime has such a negative connotation to it. Like uh, it's, it's so blanket. Cause yeah, there are like typical anime tropes and everything, but it's really just like Japanese sort of animation style. But well, I wasn't feeding into the tropes by saying that it was an anime. I was more saying this is an animated film. Like, yeah. This isn't yeah. a live act. Cause I mean, you could assume that your name could have been in live action film. It's, but it's animated. Um, but yeah, without uh, really spoiling anything, uh, I bought, I bought it on uh, iTunes actually because I realized that I didn't own it um, anywhere, which is weird. Um, I guess I just always rented it. Um, but yeah, I just bought it on iTunes and 20 bucks, more than worth it. Um, it's a movie that I'm probably going to come back to again. I, I've already watched this movie like nearly 10 times, probably over the past like three years, four years. And uh, again, it just gets me every single time. It's it's beautiful animation, like some of the best there's, there's one scene in particular in particular that's just absolutely gorgeous. And I really like Makoto Shinkai's style and his storytelling. Uh, the soundtrack to me is fantastic. I really love the soundtrack. I know you watched this back in the day and you weren't a huge fan of the soundtrack or at the very least the placement of the music in the in the show. Sorry, it's a little bit jarring. It was my it was my thing. It's not bad. I just uh... yeah, because it's not really a score. It's like actual music playing, like an actual song. Um, there is still a score, obviously, but yeah, at many points there's like it almost becomes like a music video for 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 the music playing um, during like a montage segment, uh, which is like twenty minutes into the movie. That's almost serves as a second intro to the movie. I think I do agree that is a little bit jarring uh, if you're not kind of used to that, but 
again, I think this movie is absolutely stellar. It follows two characters uh, that uh, a man that lives in Tokyo and a, and a woman that lives in like a small town in Japan that's relatively close to Tokyo. And um, they end up waking up in each other's bodies uh, at random intervals, um, you know, throughout the week. And they start leaving messages for each other and start living their lives for one another and trying to figure out, you know, like, how can like, how can we continue with this without people being like, what the hell's going on? Uh, and uh, not to ruin their own lives, I guess, when they're in uh, each other's bodies. And, you know, it kind of evolves into much more than that. That's really kind of the setup of the movie. And there's some very interesting characters uh, in the in the movie itself. But again, it really revolves around those two characters specifically and kind of how they build a relationship with one another by becoming literally the other person. And... Honestly, this movie, again, is just so well written and and so well performed in the English dub as well as in the Japanese, uh, like originals. Uh, I've watched both versions, but I just prefer English dubbing in anime. That's me. I know a lot of people find that uh, not great, but again, it's a super special movie. Like again, every time I watch this, it is 100% in my top movies of all time. Uh, it just holds a special place, place in my heart. I cry every time uh, like a big baby and... Uh, it, I was very excited to show it to my girlfriend for the first time because she's she's never seen it before. And I don't know, she just kept on putting it off. And she knew that she would probably like it because she watched Weathering with you with us uh, early last year. Um, and she really liked that movie. But I don't know, she just never got around to watching this. And then uh, I thought Valentine's Day is a good time to watch it because it's kind of a, not necessarily a love story, but you know, it's about you know these two characters' relationship. And yeah, I just thought it was a good time to watch it. Like, do you have... Uh, like I know you liked the movie, but do you, like do you ever desire to rewatch it, or or would you show that to your uh, like girlfriend? Uh, potentially. I don't know if I have the desire to rewatch it though. So I don't, I don't know. I, I liked it enough. I never, I haven't really thought about it. I, I think about it when you talk about it on the podcast. I think you described it on the podcast like maybe twelve episodes back or something like that already. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, yeah, I know how much you love it. I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, my girlfriend has even seen for anime at all and what her perspective is on anime not that anime matters i'm just curious in that it's, it is a genre so i'm it's an interesting one might check it out again just uh, haven't really thought about it recently yeah yeah uh, did you like weathering with you that came out from makoto shinkai earlier this year i never watched it did you not go to the theater what? i did not mm. i did not and i don't recall being invited adrian so i <laughs> whoa, so I whoa so i don't know uh, if i if, you know I, I, I wasn't aware that that was even in theaters because I, I don't recognize the name at all. So I'm not sure. Oh, weird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was not it was, to awkward this up here. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. Yeah. I was at Landmark Cinemas. I remember um, for like a like a special showing. I went with a few friends. I thought you came, but I guess not. I did not. Hmm. Must have been doing. I something. mean, I, I would have. You should watch Weathering with you. <laughs> just Just watch it. What else have you been watching? Did you watch anything else other than The Devil Next Door? And uh, the one, that, the movie I just watched, the uh, that other American movie? Murder, The Family Next Door. Lots of next doors. Lots of next A lot doors of doors. Here. Yeah, for sure. What's your neighbor doing? It's, 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 a, it's interesting titling because they're just making you think like, you know, oh, you never know what's happening next door. Yeah, Scary. They, there could be another murderer. It's true. My, uh, I have new next door neighbors that like recently moved in. They have a little dog. I think the dog's name is Millie. Okay. Um, super cute, small dog. Gets along really well with my dog Ellie and my sister's dog Bruno. 
But yeah. you think that they might be, in fact, murderers. It's possible. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. And my other next neighbor is, uh, she's an older lady. Slowly losing it, I think. She's by herself. Who knows? I see. <laughs> I see. Uh, it's, it's quite the assessment. Um, I've been watching... Um, I haven't been watching too many things, like any movies or anything like that, ex- except for, you know, just keeping up with certain TV series. And I've watched a couple of trailers, one of which is notable, and it's the Justice League Snyder Cut trailer, uh, which I know you watched as well. What did you think of that? Yeah, I thought it was a good trailer. Um, like, it's like very well shot. The music's great. Uh, like, the score playing, you know, I, it, it's, it's a very hype trailer. However, I found it incredibly odd that it was in like a 4-3 aspect ratio. And I was very confused about that. And I don't think I was the only one that was. What did you think of this trailer? So I initially, when I watched the trailer and I saw it was in the 4-3 aspect ratio, I thought, oh, they're they're setting it up for Instagram, the, squ- the square box of Instagram videos and, and photos. But then I... I realized, I mean, it was launched on YouTube and everything like that. So I thought maybe they uploaded the wrong file to their YouTube channel, like WB, like Warner Brothers for HBO Max, because that's where this movie's launching. It's it, Again, if you're not aware, this is a rehashing of the 2017 Justice League movie uh, that we and many others call Justice League, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon version of Zack Snyder's movie because he made many reshoots and uh, there's lots of controversy now <laughs> behind it for other reasons. But ultimately, Zack Snyder had to step away. Justice League finished the movie. Uh, Justice League. Justice League. <laughs> Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Director Joss Whedon finished the movie for Zack Snyder or for w- WB Pictures, the Warner Brothers Pictures. And then there was a fan outpouring of comments online to to have the Snyder Cut released over the last few years. And somehow HBO Max allowed him to do so. And he cut together his original vision for the film. And he's they're calling it the... They're just calling it the director's cut now? I can't even remember anymore. There's so many... I think it's just called Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder's... I think that was at the end of the trailer anyway. Mm-hmm. But... Three by four aspect ratio is not just the trailer. He literally filmed. He he built this movie to be in that sort of ratio. It isn't quite four by three. It's slightly off that number. We're saying four by three also because of our knowledge of like TVs. Like there was the old TV sets were in four by three. The tube TVs. Yeah, like all TVs now are sixteen by nine. This is not a movie going to theaters, and he built it for IMAX screen like height. That was the idea apparently for Zack Snyder's vision for this movie. He was saying that Superman is not wide, he's tall. But I, I don't really quite understand that because we all have 16 by 9 TVs, so just make it 16 by 9? I don't really understand. Yeah, it, hearing that news is like so disappointing, man. It, it, I just found that such a weird, weird move to do. Like, why? What is the purpose of, 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 of releasing it like this? Yeah. I would maybe be like, okay, that kind of makes sense if like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were like that. But like, why release the third movie of his, you know, trilogy, I guess, of movies in a totally different aspect ratio like that? It, I just, I just find it, find it such an odd choice and an incredible misstep on his part because all eyes are on this movie. Whether or not you are a fan of like Justice League or Batman v Superman, I think everyone's curious to see how this movie is going to be. Simply put, I'm confident that I'm going to like it because I like Zack Snyder's stuff. But I think many people, most people are probably just curious. And they're like, you know, like, what's wrong with this movie? 
what's like, how can this movie be shitty or worse than the other justice league movie or something, you know, like people are ready to dislike it, I'm sure. And this, I feel like is just giving people that stupid ammunition to complain about, you know, one aspect of the film. I feel like Batman V Superman. Yeah. I get th- There are some like legitimate gripes with it, but everyone, anytime anyone talks about Batman V Superman or talk shit about Batman V Superman, they always talk about the Martha scene, which again is stupid. It's a dumb scene, but it's like, that's your only argument. And now people are just most likely, I, I already know it. I can see it. People are most likely just going to be like, Oh, this movie's stupid. Why was it filmed like that? And just use that, and then not really make up a a, a reasonable um, explanation to why they dislike it, other than like one aspect of it. That's kind of my look. Yeah, one aspect ratio of it. Whoa, I love it, dude. Let's okay, but yeah, on. like the one the one rebuttal I have for that argument, and I agree with you that I think that people are gonna have that have some stupid gripe, and that that would likely be it. But I do think that he's not doing the 16 by nine ratio because he doesn't believe in it. And it's literally his director's cut. So if he's got a moment or, or he's got something specific that he wanted to do with this movie, it's his cut. So he can do exactly what he wants. The, the, the cool thing about it is it's an unbridled cut. Warner brothers had meddled initially and they said that they can't, they won't allow Zack Snyder to have black suit Superman in the original cut. And then he, of course he had to leave, for personal reasons, the movie and just we didn't took over, so it didn't matter anyway. But the Black Suit Superman was never going to be in his cut initially, even if he had continued with the movie and didn't have to step away. So the idea again here is they probably wouldn't have let him do this before either. And the idea of him liking this concept of that 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 four by three, where whatever it is, one point three by by three or whatever that ratio is. Not by 30. I can't even remember what it is, but regardless, the actual ratio. But the, the whole idea is he's doing exactly what he envisioned, which I respect. I mean, he's doing what he envisioned. I just think it's silly because we all have 16 by 9 TVs. And so on the 16 by 9 TVs, if you're watching on a modern TV that's not 15 years old, you will have letterboxing on the sides of the TV. On, on the, there will be big black bars on the side, the right and left side, and not on the top and bottom now. And they're going to be larger than the letterboxing you'd normally get with a widescreen film. So just so you're aware what we're talking about, if you're not sure of the technical details, that's what you're going to come to expect. And people will have gripes with us for sure. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's my two cents on the, you know, the Zack Snyder cut of justice league trailer. I'm excited for it tentatively. The new ratio is great because he's following his original vision. How are we going to watch it? is my question in Canada because we do not live in the United States and we do not have HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And secondly, uh, will it be good in general? And will people just have a backlash for this movie? Will it be critically panned just like Batman versus Superman, which will ensure that they never make another Zack Snyder Justice League property in the future? I mean, it's, cur- it's curious. I just don't know. It doesn't really matter too much because this isn't really a, a restart for the series. It doesn't look like Zack Snyder wants to continue with DC anyways. So I don't know if it really matters in that regard. But I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. One one thing uh, that was actually recently announced is totally random. But in Australia, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League uh, is going to stream on their like a, like an Australian streaming um, site called Binge. Okay. Day and date. 
So I don't believe they got the other HBO Max movies on there. So it is possible that maybe this will break that threshold and we will get it on Crave. However, again, no announcements made yet. So I guess we we await yeah their yeah. announcement if if it's going to happen. We'll 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 find out. It's, it's launching in March this movie, so yeah. We shall see. Have you watched anything else this week? Uh, I've watched one more thing, um, but I don't want to take up too much time on it. It's a movie called Freaks, uh, which uh, I heard about a while back. It's a it's a 2018 sort of like sci-fi thriller movie. It's fairly well regarded, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with a handful of reviews. It's on Netflix, so I just kind of came across it uh, while like scrolling through it. And again, I, I heard about it prior to that. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's about a father that has kept his uh, young daughter pretty much just locked in his house for the past, like for, for her entire life, which has been seven years. And, you know, he pretty much just tells her like how scary the outside world is and everything like that. It honestly gave me a lot of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane vibes, to be honest with you. Uh, like it's, it's, it, it, it really reminded me of that. Um, Cause 10 Cloverfield Lane's kind of a similar premise because it doesn't really reveal like why she should be scared of the outside um, at first. And then, you know, throughout the movie, it kind of uh, slowly reveals this mystery. Um, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I, I recommend it. It's not too long. It's only about an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes, give or take a bit. Uh, again, it's here on Netflix in Canada. Um, and it's a, uh, it's, it's unique. It's, it's not something what I expected. I literally went into, went into it pretty blind other than, knowing that it's a pretty good movie. And uh, I came out quite surprised. It's a lower budget indie flick as well. No hugely notable actors in the movie. Uh, there's a couple familiar faces, but again, they get revealed later on in the movie. So I don't, I, I don't want to spoil too, too much. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good watch. I like it. If you're in the mood for some sort of like mystery, mystery movie, you're not doing too much and uh, you got some time to, time to spare and you want to watch uh, something that's pretty damn good. I recommend Freaks, which is a 2018 movie. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Speaking of mystery, I've continued to watch WandaVision. So have you. Um, oh. I don't want to talk too much about it for sure. I think it's brilliant and it just continues to get better. We'll talk about it in the future when mm-hmm. the series wraps up with the first season. I don't think there's going to be another one. But um, the one thing I wanted to say about WandaVision, though, is I'm, I'm, I'm quite annoyed. Not quite. I'm just a little bit, a little bit annoyed about the way they're marketing it on social media. I just don't, I don't know if you noticed this, but they constantly have trailers for this show, for the next episode that's upcoming. But these trailers are like 40 seconds to a minute. And they literally show scenes from the new episode. And the episode is only like 25 minutes of content. So I just don't really understand what their point is with this marketing. Why reveal anything? in these did you notice this at all on instagram or facebook uh no man i haven't watched any of the trailers and everything i've just been going pretty much blackout on it if i see a trailer i just skip through it um well that's exactly what i try to do but i still i still see clips instagram autoplays videos i'm getting targeted ads that are just playing automatically while i scroll through that's the other problem with targeted ad like targeted ads in this day and age is that they auto all these videos autoplay Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, kill, kills the, the data plan if you don't have unlimited data, I guess. But it's just a weird thing to, to have happen. You, you never notice that? Like you just accidentally scroll through and there's 
there it is playing by accident uh yeah but again like i don't stay on it like i i'm i scroll away within like a second so i know uh, yeah. i just i, I just I don't know why i have to I, I i my issue is like i don't want to have to deal with that annoyance i never noticed that before with other shows the show is extremely short very very short like each episode so so tiny i really don't get what the point of showing any clips and any trailer it's weird it seems almost unlike disney considering their efforts even in infinity war to not they'll they'll, they'll add scenes that aren't even in the movie like the hulk is an example running in wakanda which never happened in infinity war mm-hmm. avengers infinity war so i i just find it a little odd that they 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 really want to show so much of the show i wonder if it's not doing well for that reason, like just show the show a blanket trailer that maybe you rearrange some of the shots for for each week. Like just to you don't need to show anything. I, I don't need to. I'm sold. I'm good. Yeah, you didn't even notice. So I guess I guess it's not a, not even a thing. But uh, I, I I notice that every week. I just keep noticing these trailers are are very personalized. Like every, to each episode, every episode's got a new trailer, and it's like you're showing. 40 seconds of a 25 minute show you're you're showing like a huge chunk of it because you have to keep picking clips that you believe are going to sell it so it's just, it just seems strange to me but yeah all right it's a, that's that i that to me is a problem overall in the industry in general when it comes to like any trailers we've talked about that before so i thought maybe it would be relevant here mm. all right cool watch anything else this week no man that's it sounds good let's get on to the news shall we no Alrighty, well that's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focus stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as reported by publication Deadline, Atlantic creator Donald Glover and Fleabag creator Phoebe Waller-Bridge have both been hired on to star and produce a Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series adaptation for Amazon. This new project is just one facet of the multi-year content deals that both Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge individually signed with Amazon. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was initially a 2005 film starring Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt that followed a married couple who just so happened to be spies working for dichotomous spy organizations. The series is currently planned for a 2022 release date. Adrian, what do you think about this news? So I think a couple of things. One, I'm con- like, like I'm definitely interested in this. I think Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Smith is a pretty cool premise and having Donald uh, Glover and um, Phoebe Waller Bridge attached to this. I'm definitely interested. Donald Glover, like he's he's awesome. Simply put, he made Atlanta, which is fantastic. I think he's a great uh, rapper. Again, um, he's a great actor. He is a hilarious stand-up comedian. And again, uh, Fleabag is one of the best shows I've watched in recent years by Phoebe Waller Bridge. So, with them attached, I'm definitely intrigued. However, I don't really have any attachment to mr and mrs smith at all and i find it kind of weird that they just decided to do a reboot of this this thing I, again it's a pretty cool premise it just i don't remember mr and mrs smith mind you i was quite young really setting the world on fire i did watch it but i don't remember really liking it uh how about you do you have any like attachments to this uh, I don't know. I, I quite liked the movie. I, I think it done, did uh, particularly well at the box office. Like in 2005, I'm looking at it here, box office, they made $487.3 million, which isn't bad, certainly. Yeah, I, I don't know what light the world on fire, for, but for 2005, I think that's that's pretty solid. Like mm-hmm. It was on a $110 million budget. I uh, So I, I really liked the concept of it. It was It was good at the time. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this goes. They actually had a planned TV series years ago 
uh, that just never uh, lifted off the ground. Like they, they had it set. I think they, they filmed the pilot, but then it got rejected or something like that. They, they mm. ended up just not going through with the show at the time, whether that was because it was bad, I guess is unclear. The interesting thing though, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller bridge are to make two shows that are incredibly unique. They're not like, they're really not run of the mill. Anything Atlanta mm. is extremely unique and incredible and it won multiple awards i think golden globes and emmys if i'm not mistaken and phoebe waller bridge won won it all i believe at the emmys i think it might she might have also won it all for the golden globes for her show as well mm. she's only launched two seasons of that that series and, and both uh, are phenomenal mind you. yeah I, mean, I think they're both 100 of rotten tomatoes as well so yeah I, it's just an interesting thing because they're not they're not indie but they're almost they're not doing something that's meant to be mainstream necessarily. They're just brilliant uh, mm-hmm. in their own right. So it's very interesting that they are the ones creating this and they're the ones starring in it. And I'm intrigued for sure because that is the case. And it's also interesting that Donald Glover is now signed a deal apparently or is, uh, I don't know if it's gone through. I think it has. From my from my understanding, what I, what I was reading, it's gone through with Amazon. Because mm-hmm. he was working with FX for... Atlanta. Atlanta. So I wonder if uh, that means he's not doing Atlanta anymore because I feel like that was renewed for its next season. But I'm curious if he's with this new deal with Amazon, if that's just going to kind of die. Maybe. What comes to mind, actually, interestingly, is Jonah Nolan and uh, uh, Lisa Joy. Joy. Because they they had a deal with HBO initially, or, or at least just for Westworld. And they're still apparently working on Westworld season four. That's apparently still in the works. Like there's no announcement about that not happening. So they, there's a good chance they're still going to make Westworld, but they've made a deal also with Amazon actually mm-hmm. uh, for Fallout. And I think they had another series in the works. We talked about it on our show, but it, it escapes me. Yeah, I can't remember which. it either. We'll go back. We'll get back to that, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, but yeah, that's interesting too. Amazon's just scooping scooping everybody up, but I guess they got the money for it. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, yeah, definitely. Well, Netflix is doing the same, man. I feel like every week it's like, oh, Netflix acquires the or made, like wrote a deal with this person, like this director for a movie deal, or acquired this movie, yada yada yada. So it, I think they're both going very hard um, for the streaming for, for your time, realistically. I guess so. I get. I guess they got to do that now, especially with all the competition that's just uh, arose. Yeah, man, uh, I definitely agree. Funnily enough, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like the movie, do you know that was written by Simon Kinberg of X-Men movie fame? Yes. Yeah, I did read that as well. I think Simon Kinberg had, had a play for the for the show as well, which fell, fell through, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I think he tried, I don't know if he was going to be showrunner, but I think he either wrote the pilot or he was involved in some way. Man, yeah, Simon Kinberg, he's one of those directors that is so hit and miss. It's like shocking, like some some things that he that he makes because he wrote X Men Days of Future Past, which is amazing. Like Wait, he, what has he directed? He he directed uh, X Men uh, Dark Phoenix and wrote. Yeah, but he's barely directed. Keep in mind, like he's barely directed anything. I know that, that was his directorial debu- debut. Oh, did I say directing? Excuse yeah, me? you said oh. he's one of those director. Oh, I thought oh, okay. You're oh, just saying apologies. one of those art creators. Sure. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Creators, so I'm sorry. Sure. I didn't mean to call you on that i, I just thought you meant yeah yeah he's he's, he's very hit, hit and miss uh, in terms of like the things he's wrote i guess i should uh clarify that and just been a part of because again he wrote a bunch of the x-men movies 
Uh, so like he wrote X-Men Days of Future Past, which is amazing. But he also wrote X-Men The Last Stand, which is not good. And X-Men yeah. Dark Phoenix, which is not good. And X-Men Apo- Apocalypse, which is not good at all. Uh, and then he did, he, he wrote the fan fantastic movie with uh, Josh Trank as well, which again, hey. isn't really great uh, or well-regarded as well. But he also wrote that Sherlock Holmes movie directed by Guy Ritchie in 2009, which is, I don't know, I really liked it when I watched it. Uh, back in the day like he's a very hit and miss writer and I've, i just find it odd um like looking into like looking at his like past works and stuff it's weird it's, it's super weird man uh, it is interesting he's almost like phoning it in for some of these if well you look down his list it's a weird one because like he's a producer on a bunch of things as well on like very well regarded things including like deadpool logan the martian uh the live action like cinderella movie all that sort of stuff it's yeah, man, he, he's an odd guy. I wonder if he's just like doing it for shits and giggles or if he really is like a hit and miss guy or, or or he is like a talented writer and just only cares about writing good things every once in a blue moon. I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd thing. I, I'm, I'm curious about Simon Kinberg, Kinberg where his head's at. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know. And some of those like apocalypse, man, it's not good. That's garbage. It's ridiculous bagel throw inducing yeah for sure okay then let's move on to number two as reported by website variety paddington one and two production company studio canal has confirmed that paddington three is officially in active development the paddington live action film series an adaptation of author michael bond's children's books is a story that follows the adventures of a small English-speaking bear who immigrates from Peru to Britain, where he begins to live with a semi-reluctant English family. Despite director Paul King's direction of the first two critically acclaimed films in the series, King has said that he will not be back to direct the third. Paul King's next project will actually be the Willy Wonka prequel film, simply entitled Wonka. Adrian, I know how much you love Paddington and Paddington 2. What did you think about this news? So initially when I heard it, I, I got very excited uh, because as you said, like I, I love Paddington 1 and 2. I think those are unironically amazing movies, like amazing kids movies, but also for literally any age. Like the, it's the perfect family movie. I think it's hilarious. It's it's heartwarming. I, I, I love those movies with a passion. And, you know, Paul King both wrote and directed both those movies. And then when I found out he's not, he's neither writing or directing Paddington 3, I just got a big pit in my stomach and I was very disappointed. And it made me like worried Um, because like, how do you match that quality? Like I legitimately don't know how you can even come close to that quality. He he perfectly encapsulated what, what like this, this family feel and, and I just, I just don't know how that can be replicated by another director. So I'm pretty very disappointed in this, actually, um, for lack of a better term. Again, I'm like curious to see where this Wonka movie uh, goes, and I'm excited that he is doing like a different movie, and uh, I'm sure it will be great. However, I don't really have any attachment to like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or anything like that. Like, I don't care for that 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 story. But have you fair, watched the Have you watched the original uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, when I was young. Oh, okay. it. it's pretty great. You don't you don't like it? No, I never did as a kid. I never watched it as an adult though. Like so, maybe I need to rewatch it. I, I'll probably rewatch it prior to this Wonka movie coming out. But again, I just don't have any real attachment to it. To be fair, I never had attachment to Paddington either. 
But uh, right, yeah, I had a little bit of attachment as a child with Paddington. It's actually we talked about him in the beginning of the show, so why not bring him up again? He's one of the reasons why I named my dog Reddington. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like the full reason because his name isn't Paddington, but it, it's part of it's part part of the part of the the formula that got Reddington his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I I know I I really like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think Gene Wilder is incredible in it. And I think it's a really well, it's very unique. I mean, it's based on a book, but at, at the same time, I think it's it's pretty. It's it's almost weird to be a child children's movie because mm-hmm. there's that tunnel scene is pretty darn creepy they kill kids so, yeah it's pretty cool it's it's children cool. die i don't know why oh i said God. cool after no, that part. no no you can't edit that out dude everyone knows you beat up those kids outside that movie theater everyone knows it now you like children in pain Continue. just so we're we're clear like they, they don't really we don't know what happens to the kids they're actually dead. in willy wonka and the chocolate Factory. we don't know that they're that's dead. not no yeah. We don't know that. It's fascinating the the way that story goes. I, I just I think it's well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really do. But regardless, Paddington 2, in terms of reviews, I think it holds the Rotten Tomatoes record for most reviews at a hundred percent still on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 260 something. Uh 243. Sorry, a little higher. Uh, is what I said there, but 243 reviews, 100 percent on Tomatoes, which is crazy. Did it? That's, it, that's it, it is crazy. Yeah, there was an article on Rotten Tomatoes, the Rotten Tomatoes website, saying that Toy Story 2 is the previous record holder for that because Toy Story 2 was 100 percent as well, but it mm-hmm. only has like 160 reviews or something like that. So it's it's surpassed that by like a long shot. So it's it's interesting. I actually have only seen Paddington 1, so I, I've got to dive into Paddington 2 as soon as I can. Yeah, man, you definitely have to. It's it's so good. Like, it's beyond amazing. You'd have to think raspberries are the best berry to dislike that movie. Yeah, it seems universally loved. I'll just say that. Yes. Like, again, even the audience score on that movie, it's actually, it should be higher, I feel like, but still, it's 88% um, with, like, over 5,000 people rating it. Yeah, it's man. It's pretty cool pretty cool definitely dude um this kind of has me thinking like what are can you think of any other like other than you know the typical disney pixar movies like any other children's movies that are like actually fantastic movies like good for any age like a great family movie and again not including like the typical like disney pixar flicks well willy wonka and the and the uh and the chocolate factory is quite good <laughs> okay i'll watch it i'll watch it man maybe i'll change my mind other like uh, i don't know that's a weird one because the disney disney pixar is like a large percentage of children's m- movies that are also good for adults like that's a weird thing to admit like omit like i know what you're trying to do here but I, i'm not i can't think of anything that really comes to mind well shrek how about shrek shrek's good yeah that's dreamworks shrek's fantastic it's very yeah uh... there's some there's some good ones. There's some good outliers, but it's mostly owned by Disney Pixar. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. I just wanted to make it a little bit more unique, make it a little different. Because uh, honestly, like, I don't know, there's a few movies that come to mind for me. Uh, like, I always think about Matilda, which is like, I think it's a 1996 movie. Which Oh, I are really... you saying any children's movies doesn't have to be animated? Yeah, just any children's movie. Paddington isn't animated. Oh. Oh, good call. Sorry. I, yeah. I thought of Paddington as animated because, I mean, the bear is CG. But yeah, you're, you're correct. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's, not a real, it's not a real bear. <laughs> well, they, they tried to have a real bear on set, but it actually killed a few of the crew members, so they had to 
go for the CGI bear instead. Yeah, the compromises had to be made. But yeah, like again, I, I really, I really like Matilda. Like that's a classic movie from back in the day. You know, Home Alone, which I guess is technically owned by Disney now because <laughs> they bought Fox. But you know what I mean? Like, like, like there, there are some really good, you know, classic kids movies that are just unironically good for any any ages. You know, in terms of like the the animated genre, like Kubo and the Two Strings, like pops into my mind. That's an amazing like stop motion animated film, um, which is it's just really great. Uh, I watched that only a couple years ago, I think. And yeah, I just watched it by myself one day because I heard really good things. And again, it's fantastic. I think like the Studio Ghibli movies are a prime example of like really high quality children's movies, but are just fantastic for any age. Sure. Like I, I think that they're not really children's movies, though, to be honest, but uh I mean, if you look at his animated movies, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs or Fantastic Mr. Fox, maybe? Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Oh, God. Fantastic Mr. Fox is, uh, I think it's like, I think it's good for any ages. Like, I mean, even Isle of Dogs, I would argue. Like, they, those can definitely be watched at any age, I think. Yeah. yeah. It does deal with a little bit more, um, you know, a, a little bit darker sub- subject matter. But I think, I think you could watch that at any age. Like, you could show that to a kid and they'd find it enjoyable. And again, like, they yeah. are genuinely phenomenal movies for for uh adults and stuff like that so yeah for sure it's a lot of good kids stuff like family stuff there is yeah. there is indeed okay let's move on to number three as reported by publication deadline the raid director gareth evans has just signed a film exclusivity deal with netflix evans next project will reportedly be an action film called havoc starring the revenant actor tom hardy in the leading role gareth evans most notable projects are martial arts films The Raid and The Raid 2, which both took place in Indonesia and featured Indonesian martial art Penkat Salat. Most recently, Evans launched the first season of an AMC crime drama series called Gangs of London in 2020. Adrian, I know you like the the films The Raid quite a bit the, the raid two and the raid one i think one of them is called the raid redemption i'm not sure which yeah it's which like, one that is the first one's the raid redemption and then the second one's raid two the raid two right gotcha and uh yeah from my understanding you're a fan of those films i am too i thought i think they're they're phenomenal i did not know uh that gareth evans is welsh like i didn't know the director of the raid was welsh until only recently when i was looking into gangs of london i don't know about you and I thought that to be interesting. No, I, I knew that, yeah, a few years back when I uh, watched uh, The Raid Redemption for the first time. And I looked into this guy and I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's just like, you know, this yeah, Welsh, Welsh dude directing a mostly Indonesian cast, if not everyone in the movie is pretty much Indonesian. And the movie is not native. Like, it's it's not English. There, there's no English in yeah, the movie either. It's subtitled. It's Indonesian. It, yeah. It's so interesting i i didn't I, I watched it when it first came out so i i, I just didn't look into the director at the time mm-hmm. so just it's an interesting thing for sure yeah yeah I, I really like those movies man uh the fight scenes in those movies are amazing i think i brought up both the raid or i brought up the raid when i was talking about taken and how like again like that there are movies that just do action so well and the raid that's, does it it's not a good example though like that's not what the taken was doing Taken's an action movie. Like you, you're, you should be con- you should be considering the raid with a movie like Ip Man, or uh, or really anything with like Jet Li 
or, or it's a lot of movies that Jackie Chan makes. It's a martial arts film. Like this is not Taken's not a martial arts film, and it's never claimed that it was. That's not what it was going for. I know, but it's still an action movie. I'm thinking of it as like an action movie, and 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 the fight scenes in the raid are just top tier. John Wick's not a freaking martial arts movie. It's it's gun fu, I guess, and that's that's cool as shit. Like that, those those are amazing. But again, I, anyways, I just wasn't a fan of Taken's action. Okay. I just wasn't a fan. Okay. Um, and again, like if they can, if uh, Gareth Evans can bring that sort of amazing fight choreography into this movie with Tom Hardy, dude, I'm all in. Tom Hardy's such an amazing actor. Like this makes me so excited. Uh, I have yet to see Gangs of London, but I know it's well regarded. I think it's like an 88, something along those lines on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so again, well reviewed. Uh, I heard it's really good. Not from any one person. But uh, again, I, I, I've, I've heard about it and it, it was a movie that's been on my radar. I just don't think it's available on any streaming services here in Canada, which is, again, frustrating. Um, but yeah, like, do you have any interest in, in this movie? I know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. I do indeed. And I did want to watch Gangs of London, but then I found it was nowhere available to stream. And so this is becoming an increasing problem only because there's so many other streaming shows. So when I look for something to watch... And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'm going to watch Gangs of London, and I can't find it anywhere, but then there's, I don't know, Mr. Robot Season 4 is available, and I'm like, ah, I'll just catch up on Mr. Robot. It's a weird thing. There's a lot of content buying for our time more than there was for sure like eight years ago. Mm. So it's just increasing and increasing and increasing. More streaming services coming out to compete. And so it's weird that some of these just don't seem, a, seem to care that they're not available readily other than a rental or a purchase of a season's pass. I'm, I'm hoping they get smart about this because, again, they're, they're losing an audience. I know I know we're like 30 million people here in Canada compared to the 200-plus million in the United States, but still, I just, I just think that don't forsaken us. It's, it's, it seems a little strange to me, but I'm definitely interested in Gangs of London. I'm, I'm definitely interested in anything Tom Hardy acts in, so mm-hmm. this combination with Gareth Evans, I'm sure, will be great. Yeah, man, I agree completely. Do you remember when the... I don't know if it was a rumored or actually like fully announced, but that Gareth Evans was supposed to direct the um, Deathstroke movie for WB, like starring Joe Manchin and Janelle Alvarez. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't. I don't remember that. No, interesting. Yeah, like it's kind of disappointing that we that we'll never see that. Who knows what they're again? We 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 love the DC fandom that was uh, in the tw- summer of 2020 in August, but still, like we still don't know what DC is going to shape up to be. Until we get past the Snyder Cut and start seeing more of these movies come to pass, especially the new Flash movie, I don't know what this universe is, is going to be at all. I, I, I noticed a comment, I don't know, it was some comment on some artwork. I think there was some, I think Supergirl was recast or something like that. I don't know if it was in the CW or is for the cinematic universe. I'm not sure for DC. Oh, dude, but, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think she was cast in the Flash, wasn't she? Oh, okay. Maybe. It was the Flash, but there was a somebody commented below that that the Flash is supposed to be rebooting this whole movie series, and I'm like, that's not what I understood anywhere. I never understood that the Flash is rebooting the movie series. In fact, they're bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman. So I don't know idea what this person was talking about, but people were liking this comment, and I was like, I don't think that's what they said. I don't, I don't remember them saying that. Well, now they cast Supergirl. I didn't realize that. Now this Flash movie's gearing up to be a. A lot of heroes in one movie, eh? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's Sasha Kale. Well, Ka- Callie, 
Sally, C-A-L-L-E, um, who oddly enough is or stars in uh, The Young and the Restless. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool thing to note, she's uh, Latina, so I guess that's uh, a big win for diversity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. I was always under the assumption that the Flash was supposed to be like a, almost like a soft reboot for the universe because it's going to change the timeline anyways because they're doing Flashpoint. And at least Flashpoint in the comics in the comics is is a like a reboot novel where where, where it realigns the universe. You know, it's like multiverse, all that sort of stuff. So I I, I can see where that person's coming from. Uh, I, I honestly assumed that it was, yeah, kind of being used as a soft reboot of sorts. Well, I, I just don't buy it because they're 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 making Michael Keaton a, a Nick Fury type figure. Like that's not really a soft reboot. You're you're embracing the rest of every movie that's ever come before it, which I almost appreciate more because it all, almost seems like a waste because they've soft reboot. If you want to say this soft reboot of this series, like a million times, this is like the dark universe at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I suppose the DC universe got hard rebooted more often than soft rebooted. If, if the idea of a soft reboot is to keep the continuity the same, then I guess having Michael Keaton, run the show like Nick Fury is sort of a soft reboot. But again, where will this universe shape up in the end is is more my question. It's a weird one. Like they just can't seem to get their act together. And so even if they soft reboot it again, they might have the same problem again because nobody seems to know what's going on. So I don't know. It's, a, it's interesting. I'm definitely excited to see what they do. But um, I'm all in, baby. Yeah, Gareth Evans, director Gareth Evans, I am curious to see what he does in general next because he's not made that many movies, but they're a lot, pretty much the large majority of them are very well regarded. Mm. So, yes, I will be watching Havoc when it comes out, most likely. Woo! It's on a streaming service we can watch here in Canada as well, which is exciting. It Yes, that's true, which is a huge advantage. To have them as an exclusive, like in an exclusive deal means that again we can watch i'm almost rooting for netflix and amazon every time because we're gonna always have the available content like it's i think in can in canada we're getting it we would have gotten gangs of london on amc but amc has no there's no connection to canada at all they just decided that we're not important enough so it's interesting like i'm I'm rooting for disney plus netflix and amazon and it sucks because those are the juggernauts. I almost want the smaller guys like AMC. Ah, not really smaller, but AMC is like relatively small in comparison. I'm almost rooting for them. I would be because they're more of the underdog, but they don't have a way for us to watch it with streaming as if streaming services haven't been popular for the last ever so long. AMC has so many good shows too. Like, Yeah, dude. Netflix gets a lot of those AMC shows though. Late. They do, but keep in mind, yes, late. So keep in mind they're coming out again a year after they launch. We're still waiting for season 10 of The Walking Dead, which I'm actually kind of curious to watch, but I'm not buying it this time. So you're not going to release it. It's just silly. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to The Hollywood Reporter, 
The Paranormal Activity movies are being rebooted, but nevertheless being written by longtime Paranormal Activity screenwriter and Happy Death Day director Christopher Landon. Uh, Paranormal Activity, I watched the first one, it's quite spooky, and Happy Death Day is really fun. Number two, as referenced by The Hollywood Reporter, Midsommar director Ari Aster's next film will be called Disappointment Boulevard and will star Dunkirk actor Tom Hardy. I, uh, I thought, I thought it was the Revenant actor, Tom Hardy. Number three, as evidenced by website Variety, Roku is gearing up to produce more original programming to accompany their newly purchased Quibi original TV series. Ooh, exciting. I'm not going to buy into that, though. Number four. As reported by Variety, HBO Max's Peacemaker TV series has added actors Chakwudi Iwuji, Lachlan Monroe, Annie Chang, and Christopher Heyerdahl to the cast. I don't know who any of those people are, I'll be honest with you. Christopher Heyerdahl, I do know. He's a Canadian actor who stars in Hell on Wheels as one of the villains called the Swede. Number five. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Breaking Bad actor Chessie Plemons has been cast in the leading role alongside Leonardo DiCaprio in Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon. So fun fact about this movie, Leonardo DiCaprio was initially set to star in this movie. He bought, I think, the rights to this movie about 10 years ago with the intention of Martin Scorsese directing it. But uh, they weren't able to get around to that. So now 10 years later, Leonardo DiCaprio aged out of the role. Jesse Plemons taking the position. Leonardo DiCaprio taking a different role in the movie. Exciting stuff. Number six. As reported by Variety, the Dark Knight actor Aaron Eckert has been cast as President Gerald Ford in Showtime's anthology TV series entitled The First Lady. I'm probably never going to watch that show. Number seven, according to Deadline, Big Fish director Tim Burton is set to produce and direct an Adams Family spin-off TV series called Wednesday for streaming juggernaut Netflix. Another one for Netflix. Is this one animated or is this one live action? I believe live action. Number eight, as reported by Variety, Hustlers actor Kiki Palmer has been cast in Us director Jordan Peele's next untitled project with Get Out actor Daniel Kaluuya also in negotiations to star. That is exciting. I love both those movies. I think they're phenomenal. Number nine, as reported by tech website The Verge, Apple's streaming service... Wait, both those movies, Hustlers and Get Out? Hustlers and Us or Us and Get Out? Us and Get Out. Okay. Number nine. As reported by tech website The Verge, Apple's streaming service Apple TV Plus is now available to be streamed via Google's new Google Chromecast with Google TV. <laughs> ah, that's a mind melt. It's cool, though. It's cool to see Apple doing this. Wait, which part is melting your mind? The amount of Googles. Google's new Google Chromecast with Google TV. It's actually called the Google Chromecast with, with Google TV. Oh, I'm aware. I am aware it is. It's outlandish. Number 10. As discussed by Deadline, Netflix is in development of an animated TV series adaptation of video game developer Valve's famous game, Dota 2. That's a curious one. Fun fact, the original Dota was a mod on PC for Warcraft 3, which is owned by Blizzard. And that concludes the montage. Bop. Did you just say bop? No. Yeah, okay. But uh, what do you got for me, Adrian? I got new releases for you. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, man. There's not too many uh, movies coming out this week. More than last week, but not as many as other weeks. So this is for the week of February 22nd to February 28th. It's a span of seven Ooh. days. 
Oh, like like usual? Mm-hmm. Exciting. From uh, Monday to Sunday. However, the first movies coming out aren't actually coming out on the Monday. They're coming out on Tuesday, February 23rd. And the first one is a movie called Pele, which is a Netflix original documentary that celebrates the soccer player Pele. Oh, okay. I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but I believe I did. But the documentary is aptly named. Pele. Indeed. His name. No, I understood. I get it. Wrong Turn is the next movie on this list, and this was confirmed by the Apple TV app. And uh, a photo in my photo reel on my phone that was saved like months ago. I was like, weird. I was like, I forgot about this movie. So I like checked on the Apple TV app. However, uh, I couldn't find any other sources confirming its release on that date, but Apple TV lets you pre-order it. So anyways, this is a one source, wrong turn. Technically two sources, but I don't remember the website I took it from. However, it's a video-on-demand movie. This is a reboot to the long-running horror slasher franchise, Wrong Turn. Is it possible that you use the Apple TV app as the screenshot? No. As literally the one and only source used it twice? No, no. I'm certain because it's a website. There's like a bunch of writing. Are you excited for this because you took a screenshot of the release date? No, I just take screenshots of release dates for movies for this segment of the show, Simon. I do my research. Oh, I see. To be prepared. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a whole process writing this. Anyways, that's all for February 23rd. For Thursday, February 25th, we have a movie coming out on Netflix called G's and Anne. G's is G-E-E-Z. Maybe it's on because it's A-N-N. <laughs> Wait, on is the is the thing that you're worried about the pronunciation for? Wouldn't it be G's? Is G-E-E-Z? Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. You might be right. I don't know how to pronounce their names. Anyways, it's a Netflix original movie. It's a high school love story filled with deception, heartache, and family defiance. It's brought to you by pronouncenames.com. <laughs> <laughs> what did that say? The worst pronunciation YouTube video I've ever I've ever encountered. Yeah, I don't know. The guy's saying it as quickly as possible. And? I think it's Anne, but it's awful. It's like he's saying like, N. It's literally like they're using Microsoft Sam to, <laughs> to say it. I, I'm not a fan. They didn't have the Google pronunciation. Usually, the you know what I'm talking about? We talked about this a couple of weeks back where you, you type it into Google and then it comes up with the like Google's pronunciation and you can see the mouth moving. It's cool. It's cool, but not this time. Only a YouTube video came up. Yeah. The reason why I was like, maybe it's on is because uh, on is one of the main characters on Persona 5. And that's how you pronounce it. And it's spelled A-N-N. Anyways, these next movies are all coming out on February 26th, which is a... Cheese? Cheese. Weird. Cheese. Apparently, G. (laughs) Cheese. That's right. Cheese. You heard it right. That's right. No, no. Apparently, geese is just another another way to spell G's with a J. I don't know if that's true. I, I'm not trusting this. This is this was a worthless a worthless search of the internet. Go on. What's the next movie coming out? Uh, again, Friday, February 26th. The first one is called Bigfoot Family. This is a Netflix original animated movie about a famous Bigfoot and his shy teen son trying to save him from a bad corporation. <laughs> Why do? Why'd you say it like this? The next movie that's coming out is The Girl on the Train. It's a Netflix original movie. You might be like, Adrian, there was a movie called The Girl on the Train that came out starring Emily Blunt just three years ago. 
And to that, I would say, Simon, you're correct. You're definitely right about that. However, this is a Hindi adaptation of the American movie, which I'm pretty sure is based on a book. Yeah. Yeah. I say three years ago. I think it was 2017. So technically that's four years ago. Doesn't really matter. What, what month did it come out in? Technically. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'd be wrong regardless. It came out in 2016. So it's like forever ago. September 2016. So four and a half years ago. The next movie coming out is a movie called Crazy About Her. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a guy who falls for a girl after a night together, only to find out she's at a uh, like she's a patient at a psychiatric center. So he decides to admit himself to that psychiatric hospital or center to spend time with. Her. Wow. Yeah. Is this what's the genre here? I don't know <laughs> because it could Is be many drama? different genres. It could be a drama. Yeah. It could be a horror. It could be a comedy. Is yeah. It? Curious. Yeah, me too. If you were to bet, what would you guess? I think it's a comedy. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a rom com. That's Me what too. I think, but hard to know. Me too. Me too. But I don't know that for a fact. I actually I should probably check that, but I'm not going to. Just to uh, go back briefly, you mentioned Girl in a Train. Every time I hear Girl in tra- on the Train, even like the this it seems like in terms of genre actually for that, it almost seems similar to the idea of Woman in the Window. Where the hell is Woman in the Window? What the heck happened to that movie and why yeah. have we not seen it yet? It's so crazy. That's one of Netflix's I get I think one of their slated movies there's 70 movies that they're releasing in 2021 i think but it was supposed to come out i think in 2020 i, I don't know what's happened to it we talked about it months ago mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen it it actually does intrigue me i am very interested in that i think they got set into some kind of rights dispute at some point but i think netflix cleared that up so i'm hoping that one when it launches on netflix i think i'll probably watch it the first week it launches i am actually intrigued it's good actors in that and uh it looks good me too I don't know why the girl in the train reminds me of woman in the window. I don't know if it's maybe the same author or something. Maybe I just, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but. Well, it's a similar yeah. sort of like, you know, the woman in the window, the girl on the train. You know, it seems like a children's book titling. So I Wait, does it? Let's see here. I don't think they're children's books. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not looking that up. Uh, I was just looking up who, who actually wrote the, no, they're, they're not the same author. But from my understanding, they're both supposed to be thrillers. So similar genre. Again, excited for Woman in the Window. Don't know when that's going to come out. Interesting. Okay, whatever. Go on. Next movie. The world's a little less blurry. This is an Apple. uh, Apple. This is an Apple. What the fuck? What am I talking about? This is an Apple TV Plus original documentary about the young vocalist artist musician billy eilish oh yeah who took and the her, world by storm and yeah. her uh, her pursuit for a new eye doctor yeah imagine if that's literally what the movie's about it's just like her trying to get lasik <laughs> it has nothing to do with like her music or anything it's like just literally like her on a road trip trying to find the best doctor to perform laser eye surgery on it right yeah i'd watch it and make that world a little less blurry buddy mm-hmm. speaking of billy's the next movie on my list is the united states versus billy holiday this is a hulu original so we're not gonna get it anytime soon at least about an undercover sting operation against the jazz singer billy holiday Huh. Yeah. Not a documentary or anything, though. So it is different there. Maybe a dramatic retelling. Who knows? I know nothing about that stuff. 
Do you? About this particular sting operation? Yeah. I do not. Me neither. Tiger, Tiger, but instead of an I, it's a Y, is the next movie on my list, confirmed by Movie Insider and Apple TV. It's a video-on-demand movie. It's about a young woman who steals medicine from a pharmacy to give to someone named Emerald, and she kidnaps a dude in the process. And then, then she gets like chased after by people. But maybe the dude she kidnaps, she becomes friends with. I don't know. And they're referencing the William Blake poem, I guess, which is actually funny enough. I've talked briefly about the mentalist, but they reference William Blake's poetry constantly in the mentalist. That's cool. I guess. I just thought I would throw that in there because it's called Tiger Tiger. Yeah. Neat little, uh, neat little piece of information, Simon. I appreciate that. I feel like you don't appreciate that. I do. Like, I, do. I really don't care about this, but we're on a podcast and I want to be polite. No, man. It's, it, that's, I, no, I, I do appreciate that. I think that adds some depth to this conversation. Don't you agree? It, uh, I, would, I mean, I said it. Uh, the, that's why the Ys, by the way, are in there instead of eyes for Tiger Tiger. Mm. It's the Blake poem. I, I imagine. I mean, I don't know that much about this movie, though. What's the next movie coming up? The Obituary of Tunde Johnson. Tunde Johnson. Uh, confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie. This is another time loop movie, but this time it's about a young black man who gets pulled over by the cops and shot to death. And he oh. keeps re- reliving that. Oh, damn. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, another time loop movie? And then I read the rest of the description. I was like, damn, this actually seems really like a really interesting premise. I could like do some really great social commentary. I was, uh, I was a little bit curious about it. A little bit curious. Next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Vigil. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie once again. This is a, a new uh, Blumhouse horror movie. It's currently sitting at a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it looks pretty interesting. So like what this movie is about, actually, it's about this uh, this man that's taking essentially just taking care of a, a dead body of, uh, of, a, of a man that's part of his um, or that, I guess, was a part of his like former jewish orthodox uh church and i guess the movie takes place over a night and uh like an evil entity kind of appears possibly from the person's body i don't know but it looks really cool i was looking at the the the, like the details about it and everything i don't want to spoil anything but it's definitely is up there on my list of things that i'd want to watch however there is one thing on this list that i would rather watch probably the like something that i'm most certainly going to watch before the Oscars. It's a movie called Minari. This was confirmed by Elevation Pictures and it's releasing on video on demand on the 26th. There's a lot of hype around this one. And there was, we briefly talked about the controversy uh, surrounding this, how it uh, was nominated for best foreign language film at the Golden Globes, as opposed to like, you know, best drama or whatever. And people were deeming it as racist. I think you and I both kind of uh, land on the same sort of area where like I, I don't necessarily think it's racist because the movie it's, it's literally in a foreign language yeah exactly um so i don't know this movie looks really good uh stars C- stephen ewan who's probably most famous for his tenure on the walking dead um but again he's in a bunch of stuff he's uh, gonna be in the new invincible series that comes out in less than a month i think which i can't freaking wait for or in about a month uh, but yeah, this movie looks like awesome. It looks super cool. Uh, the vast majority of the movie is in Korean. I know there is some English uh, because I think it takes place in America. Like it's about a Korean family that immigrates to America. But yeah, it looks it looks really good. Looks really really good. Exciting, exciting indeed. I wonder how much it's going to be on video on demand services. 
Yeah. Probably like 20 bucks, I'm guessing. It's not a fan of rentals for 20 bucks. Again, we've said this a million times. Yeah. It's beating a dead horse at this t- at this moment. But uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. I'm curious if it's actually going to be like a, a rental or if they're going to do that typical like where you can't rent it for the first two weeks where you have to buy it. You know what I mean? Um, and Wait, where have you seen that before? Like I've never seen it where you have to buy it. Like you, you're literally renting it for the premier access on most for most films when they come out the first week isn't that like more of a recent thing wasn't it like before that when movies released you you would buy them for 20 bucks and then a couple of weeks later that you could then rent it for like five dollars that's when it doesn't like when they're releasing in theaters like okay it depends on how this is releasing so this could be releasing as a now it's it's releasing as a release so theoretically it would have been released as a blu-ray disc and 4k blu-ray disc then it would yes Oftentimes in the beginning, you have to purchase it and then it goes on rental a couple months or weeks later. But if it's the type of access that, for instance, uh, Jed Apatow's, uh, what's that movie that uh, with um, comedian from SNL? Uh, the King of Staten Island. Yes. King of Staten Island came out. That was asking for a fee to rent it as a premier access fee. I think it ended up being 25 bucks to rent. I see. And then it would go away after 48 hours. Just like how much is I think it costs now. If I go on iTunes to go buy it, I can buy it for that much. It's on Crave TV. Now it is, yeah. But now, now you can rent it for five bucks or something like that. So it's just like you wait a little bit of time and then you don't have to worry about about paying quadruple the amount of money. It's just, I don't know. I don't really like this business model. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, I'm, well, Minari is more of an indie film, so I'd imagine it's possible we could just probably rent it for six bucks because it might just be a release yeah. as, a, as a purchase, like you just stated, and then we'll go on rental in a couple weeks. I hope so. Uh, funnily enough, while I was looking into whether or not it's available for like for pre-order or anything on the Apple TV app, um, it's not, mind you. But currently, Paddington Two is on sale for $10. You can buy it on iTunes for $10 or rent it for five bucks. So that's cool. I don't think that's available on any streaming service in Canada. So that might be a good choice for me for sure. Yeah, it is not currently. And then Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, funnily enough is directly under it on the list on my phone. I don't know if Apple's just listening to me, but that's uh, the same thing. $10 rental, sorry, $10 purchase, $5 rental. That is not available on any streaming service either. Maybe it's related because it's Paul King. Mm, Good call. Good call. Yeah, that's one of the things that Apple really prides itself in. So maybe, I mean, they could be listening to you, but they do. They they are trying to say that they're they're privacy conscious, so they don't do that type of marketing. But uh, yeah, I mean, you never know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then uh, the final movie that is coming out uh, on the topic of children's movies is Tom and Jerry, the live action Tom and Jerry movie. This is confirmed by the trailer itself. Didn't that come out already? No, it's coming out this week to theaters. Oh, I thought that came out like in 2020. No, it came out this year, man. The trailer came out last year. Like in what part of the world is this coming out to theaters? I don't know, man, but it is coming out to theaters, probably in the States. I think a lot of States movie theaters are still open. Not coming out here in, uh, I guess theaters can open up now in Ontario, but I don't know if any have. Uh, But yeah, it's coming out to theaters. Wide release. Confirmed by many sources. You gonna watch it? Uh, I'm curious about it. I really liked Tom and Jerry when I was younger. It's another like unironically like good like kids TV show. I, I remember watching it all the time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely intrigued. Like it has Chloe Grace Moretz and Michael Pena in it, both of uh, which are like really good actors. And 
I think Michael Pena is absolutely hilarious and a lot of the th- a lot of the roles he's in. So I imagine they're going for that more comedic aspect. I'm down. I'm down to watch it. I don't, I'm not going to go out and look to watch it, but I think I'll I'll watch it one day. Cool, man. Yeah, and that's it, man. All righty. I thank you for your legwork on that. I appreciate it. Now, let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer, longtime listener, Kenneth Stadelbauer, has written into us once again. And he said, Dear Orcas, Ending brackets. You travel in pods. <laughs> With the addition of 500 titles to Disney Plus via Star, is there any particular title you'd like to watch or rewatch? I'd like to check out Hillstrom and Cloak and Dagger. More importantly, how did you celebrate the 25th anniversary of Muppets Treasure Island? Signed, Kenneth, and a quote here. I believe entertainment can aspire to be art and can become art, but if you set out to make art... You're an idiot. A quote by Steve Martin. Hmm. Ken uh, asks us a pretty good question. Star is going to be a subset of Disney Plus subscriptions in other parts of the world other than the US. So in Canada, we're getting it. The UK is getting it. Other places will get it as well. And it's going to have the more adult-oriented content that Hulu kind of sort of has. And because obviously Disney now owns Fox... We should be getting things arguably like Deadpool on Star or the Star subset within the Disney Plus subscriptions. So we'll have National Ge- Geographic, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and Star. So I looked at the 500 titles. I think you did as well. Which titles in there are you excited for? Ken mentions here that he's excited for Hellstrom and Cloak and Dagger. What are you thinking? Um that's a good question. I'm I'm probably not going to watch Hellstrom or Cloak and Dagger. Like to me, I don't know. They don't really interest me. They got canceled after one season, uh, and I don't even like. I know they're Marvel TV shows, but I don't think they're really connected to the MCU in any any meaningful way. Yeah, um, like if you're looking for something in the MCU, I still recommend because I think that it honestly got better and better and better as it went is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is sort of connected. It's It dived actually kind of went into a side multiverse, I think, at some point. But it is actually very good. And Coulson's in it, obviously, from the first Avengers and all movies before that for, for Marvel's um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these two shows being canceled, I would agree with you. I'm not. I'm probably not going to check these ones out. Yeah, uh, in terms of the things that kind of interest me uh, on this list, like a lot of this stuff were already on other streaming services, and I guess Disney's just taking taking it back on for their streaming service. Uh, but like Little Miss Sunshine pops out to me. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. I really love it. I find that movie uh, very heartfelt and funny, and it's a, you know it's 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 a dark comedy in some ways, and uh, you know stars Steve Carell in a very different role uh than i was used to seeing him like in comparison to the office and like anchorman and stuff like that uh, yeah for my for at that time anyway like recently he's been a lot in a lot of serious roles but yeah at that time for sure it was surprising yeah so uh that, that's one that like kind of stuck out to me 28 days later i love that movie i think that movie's fantastic um i know that was on netflix for quite a while there and i rewatched it not too many years ago i might rewatch it again uh, they're adding like the entire Alien franchise on there, which is pretty cool. Uh, Alien and Aliens are fantastic. I've never watched Alien Three or Alien Four. So, yeah, funnily enough, uh, Joss Whedon wrote the screenplay for Alien Four, 
but I did not direct it. Um, but yeah, I never watched those movies. I know they're not very well liked, uh, but that's really it for the movies that kind of like stuck out to me that I'm like probably going to get around to soon. Um, in terms of TV shows, we talked about eight simple rules. <laughs> like I think was it last week or the week before that's being added on to this. So maybe I'll watch that. That, that movie's they're saying that show's genuinely good. It is. Yes, it is indeed. What about you, man? Anything stick out? Uh, honestly, I'm less than impressed uh, because you know what you said a couple episodes back. You said that you were excited for Star because we could then watch Fargo without having to purchase it or you know buy the season's pass. That is not correct. We do need to purchase it, and so we should just now buy it because that was a a weird holdout, I guess, because uh, there was no FX shows that I can see. I looked up Legion as an example. I thought that one would show up because of X-Men. It wasn't on there. That's uh, Noah Hawley's other show other than Fargo. That's not on there. So I don't think we're going to see FX, uh, like network FX shows on there. Fox, it is a Fox property, but it's something that in Canada, uh, Rogers owns the rights to still, I believe. Yeah. So it doesn't look like we're getting... Like, that's the disappointment with Star is that it's really... They're older titles. They they look like they're just you know just coming in. They don't even have like actually. Let me double check that because I didn't check. That was one of the interesting things. Did you notice if Grey's Anatomy is on there and will it be live? That was one of those interesting things. They're not live, but maybe air the day after because that was that was one of the things that I was kind of excited for for at least well maybe for you because you're now a newly found Grey's Anatomy fan. Yeah, but my girlfriend is an example who who really likes it. Uh, it, it Grey's Anatomy is not going to be on Star now. Uh, I think there you go. So I don't know what the benefit is if they don't have ABC shows on there like Grey's Anatomy. I don't really get what they're about. Like they don't have ABC and they don't have FX. That's where their quality content is. There's a lot of really great FX shows that we're just not getting access to in Canada unless we have a Rogers subscription. So I'm less than happy about this. Guess what other titles not on there? Deadpool two. Hey, good call. The, the first Deadpool is on here, isn't it? It is. Deadpool 2 is not. To be clear, at least according to the website Mobile Syrup, which was listing all of these titles, that's the source I'm using. It's a Canadian website, a tech website. But they don't list, specifically, they don't list Deadpool 2 as a title that will be on Star. And so this type of weird stuff is, reminds me of Netflix in the early days. I don't really care for Star right now. Like I'm sure it will start branching out, start getting a little better. But it's got canceled shows like Cloak and Dagger. That's not really a selling factor for me. It's it's not enough, unfortunately. You're charging like almost double. It's a lot more money now for Disney Plus in Canada. And you didn't really add that much more of a value proposition. You can save 500 titles all day long. You, you got Die Hard and Die Hard 2 on there. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate Alien. But I just don't. This is not as much of a value proposition as I really hoped. because Especially because we did look forward to to maybe diving into Fargo season four and we don't even get Fargo season one. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? I definitely know what you mean, man. Yeah. Like I, I was initially going to say like, Oh, it's nice. Cause this is it's like extra content for no extra charge, but that is not the case. They are literally charging like an extra $5 a month for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot more. I, like I, I can appreciate that they're charging more anyway. Cause I think Disney plus was already too low for a price point. So I, I think that they were now in line with the price that they maybe should have been because they're already offering like 4K and Atmos, which to get that on Netflix, you have to pay like their premium subscription anyways, which is going up to like, I think 
nineteen dollars a month. So it is. it's not that Disney Plus isn't in line for the rest of the market, which I can appreciate. I just find the drastic increase is alarming. Like every time Netflix has ever increased their prices, they've gone up by like a couple dollars at most. This is not the case here. This is a huge increase. And I thought there would be maybe more of a value proposition than I'm seeing here, but it's not really. So I'm a little worried about like, what's the next increase going to be? Like, I don't know. It could be a lot more next time as well. I, 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 it's a complete wild card. Netflix is kind of consistent. Like they've, they're adding a crazy amount of content. They're investing billions of dollars every year in content. So is Disney Plus. They've, they're obviously branching out and creating more shows, but that's kind of why I bought into Disney Plus in the first place is because I thought there was going to be great Marvel shows to begin with. They've just been slow on the rollout because of COVID. So it's not like they would have already launched a couple shows, uh, a couple more shows, I should say, than they had, but they just didn't because of, and it would have been the same price, uh, but they just didn't because of COVID. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting situation, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Disney Plus is no longer the, the great value that it was, though. That's what I would say. Like, it's kind of just in line with everyone else. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that for sure. In terms of The Muppets Treasure Island, never watched it. I don't care for The Muppets. I really like The Muppets Treasure Island, to be honest. I didn't notice the 25th anniversary, so sorry, Ken. But honestly, I watched, I used to watch The Muppets Treasure Island. I must have seen it like 10 times. I loved that movie as a kid. I honestly can't recall all of the story beats anymore because it's been so long since i watched it but that was the only muppets thing that i ever really watched consistently uh now that i really think about it it's 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 pretty good hmm. uh i appreciate this email ken it was short and sweet but it really i i really like the the, the question that was posed because I, I think that it added some very topical conversation stars being added very shortly i believe it's at the end of february it's next week i think mm-hmm and so that, that's, yeah, that's great, great reminder. I appreciate the the heads up with that, uh, Kenneth. And thank you for, as always, writing into us week after week and listening every week. We appreciate you for sure. I appreciate you more than Simon does, though. <laughs> sure, sure, I'll take that. But yeah, that's that wraps up our regular schedule programming for this show. Adrian, do you have anything to add? No, sir. I think, uh, I think we just about covered everything I wanted to chat about. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just as a note for those who don't listen to this show every week, we do launch episodes every Monday consistently. We are on every, very popular anyways, streaming service for podcasts or most of them uh, anyway. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn Radio, and you know all the ones you're, you're, you're a fan of. So again, tune in, subscribe if you can, uh, if you like what you're hearing, and uh, Maybe we'll see you next week. But thank you for listening to the 34th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hello, I'm about to sign off. Um, however, I was thinking the the Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's it's pretty much going to be in four, three aspect ratio kind of a little bit. You think they're going to do that to the amazing movie the great movie that we can all agree on batman v superman you think he's gonna do one of those cuts for batman v superman i don't know what i do know is batman v superman's a good movie goodbye take care guys thanks for listening goodbye take care see ya